What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. As always, John Kelly here with Jeremiah Stringer right over here on this side. Let me tell you, that is really hard to do, Jeremiah, because I actually point to the opposite side that you're on. So I'm backward. Like I'm pointing right at you. I'm backward. Yep, you are. So listen, man, uh, it's been an interesting few weeks since uh, the last time we actually filmed any of these things or recorded any of these. And uh, you, my friend, did something a little risky out in the woods. You want to tell us about that? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how risky it was, but uh, we had a polar vortex come through not too long ago. Like the whole south and east, I think, got slammed, got a lot of weather we're not used to. I mean, it was like... Yeah, it, was, it was nine degrees below zero in Nicholasville. Yeah, it was insanely cold. And as we were coming out of it, I got a text message from uh, my buddy Jonathan. And he, did we have him on here, Trailblazing Hope? I'm pretty sure that we had him on here not too long ago. Yeah, so um, y'all feel free to go back and listen to that. But that's who I went, that's who I went with. And my plan was to kind of go backpacking during my Christmas break. Because I'm a teacher, so we get a couple weeks off. And... Then I was going to go backpacking with Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir. But he was sick, and then he also oh, had Christmas in there. And then I think he was also behind with work because he missed the whole week because he'd been sick. So uh, Jonathan just texted me out of the blue. and He's like, hey, I'm planning on going to the gorge, um, you know, these dates. He's like, you free? I was like, well, I was planning on going with Jason, but I think he's been sick. I don't, I don't know if he's going to be able to make it. And so long story short, Jonathan and I got out there and spent three days and two nights. Now, the first day, we we're heading toward the end of the polar vortex. So I think the temperature, the high was like 30 degrees that day. Oh, that's not too bad. I, see, when you told me before we started the show that you were out in the polar vortex, I was thinking you were out there in the negative temperatures. Oh, I don't know if I have the gear for that. I mean, I could do the zero degree oh. under quilt. Well, you could stack quilts. Yeah, yeah. I could stack quilts. I could do my 40M on zero. But yeah, you'd be f- I I decided to take the hammock, and we're going out there for three days. And the first day, we did um, Tar Ridge West. Oh, yeah. And we decided to camp out there that night. Now, here's the problem. So, Jonathan, um, he was busy until a certain time and couldn't make it until... I don't think he could leave his house till like 10 or 11 a.m. And he lives up in like the middle of Ohio. So, yeah, he lives outside of Dayton. So that's like two to three hours away from where we were going to be backpacking. And I was on Christmas break, so I could go anytime I wanted. But I was like, okay. So um, he got held up in some traffic and kind of got a late start and stuff. So long story short, by the time he got there, we went, we was like, well, we had a plan. We was like, let's check out Eagle's Nest. And we had some other stuff we wanted to do, but we ran out of time. So we got on top of Eagle's Nest, and at that point, it was like, I don't know, 3.30 in the afternoon. And like Maybe, what, an hour, <laughs> hour and a half of light left? Yeah, it's winter time, so the light, you lose light. Uh, I think sunset was at like 5.20 or something like that, Eastern Standard Time. So that means twilight was kind of, I don't know, 5.40, 6 o'clock, somewhere in there, somewhere before 6. And we were standing on top of Eagle's Nest, and we still had to hike back to the vehicle and then drive to Tar Ridge. And then 
you know, get all of her stuff because we just had her day packs on. Like the other, it's like on the other end of the gorge, right? No, it's still on the northern end. They're about 20 minutes okay, or so yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. So we still had that 20-minute drive. Plus, I don't know about you, and you can tell me, but whenever I get to uh, like a trailhead or something, I feel like it still takes me 20 minutes to like get my head wrapped around everything, make sure everything's squared away. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. So I, I, I still had that, um, I still had that like 20 minutes that I still had to like make sure all my stuff's good to go, make sure my food's packed right, you know. And if you stopped and got anything at the store, you got to pack that. And anyway, so we got to 9:30 p.m. and you're finally. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were losing light, you know. Once we got there, it was around five, and we now, said. Now, for people who are interested in the Red River Gorge, uh, Tar Ridge is kind of a, not a well-known place. There's a little parking area. Uh-huh. You can go across the street. And where, which one is that? Is that west or is that east? Uh, that's the west side if you go across the street. Now, you realize, just throwing this out there to you, if you had gone to the east side, you could walk 100 yards, and there's a beautiful campsite right there on that hill. Well, I camped on the east side before, and yeah. I was like – we could go to the east side, and uh, I knew on the west side there's a great campsite, but I I thought it was quite the walk, and I looked on all trails, and it looked like there were some flat areas, but for anybody that's been backpacking or looked at terrain on a map, like it could be flat on the map, but then you get there, and it's not really, it's not really friendly to camping. <laughs> you know what I mean? things of if you're not actually looking on a topo map a lot of times you're not really seeing well see i was looking on the topo map i was oh, looking on the, yeah because you can see the elevation by looking at how close the uh, lines are the closer the lines right. the steeper right so there was definitely some flat areas but then there wasn't established campsites and um which you could camp up there i assume but yeah i was like let's just hit the first campsite i didn't want to hit i didn't want to do the east side again because we'd already done it so um, we kept going, and we got like half a mile in, and I was like, well, if we hit the first campsite, and it's like half a mile my, my, in. My daughter, my daughter just made an appearance. <laughs> Our second appearance of the podcast yes. saga. Yes. She had a little uh, magic wand she wanted to show me. So. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. All right. So uh, anyway, like half a mile in, we still hadn't hit a campsite. And I was like, dude, I don't know. We're going to have to go all the way to the end. And there was a set of footprints leading out that way. And there's one vehicle parked at the uh, trailhead or whatever you want to call it, that little parking area that you just described. Right, right, right. And we kept walking. We saw the footprints. And we was like, what if we get out here and it's dark? And the people who had parked right next to where we parked are out here at the only campsite. Because from oh, once we got like a mile in, I was like, dude, I mean, it's going to be dark here in 20 minutes. We're basically yeah. committed. So we had to walk like a mile to a mile and a half, get her a campsite. Luckily, there was nobody there. And we just kind of threw everything up. And here's the worst thing. It is looking for wood whenever it's 20 degrees outside and it's dark. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, can, I, can I tell you a little secret? Yeah, go ahead. If anybody's listening, you're you're getting – you're going to hear something amazing. If you were to go to that other campsite, uh-huh. there is a, somebody has chopped down like three or four trees. Oh, you are lying. You are I'm lying. Not, 
I'm not kidding you. And so there's, there's these logs. And if you can bring stuff to split that wood, uh-huh. you will have wood for weeks. Well, and, it, it's in, and I'm telling you, it's crazy because it's like we went to Tar Ridge East one time just to go. We'd never been to Tar Ridge. Uh-huh. And so we headed up the trail and we, we didn't get, like I said, 100 yards up the trail. And there's it looks like a campsite up on the hill. And we go up there and it's this beautiful campsite with a great fire pit and, and everything. And uh, we ended up camping. I've camped there twice now. But the last time I was there, I was there with my buddy Sean. We were kind of doing a shakedown hike before we got on the Foothills Trail. And um, so we were camping there that night just to kind of get his gear dialed in his new tent and all that kind of stuff, the one that leaked. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we went in behind the campsite and we're looking for wood. And I started crawling through these thickets and stuff. And all of a sudden, boom, logs everywhere. Like they were cut with chainsaws. I mean, like massive logs where if someone will go back in there, pull some of that out and split it. I'm kidding. I kidding, man. You'd have wood enough firewood for weeks. Well, I should have brought my uh, splitting mall and then we would have been right. set. Yeah. And just future knowledge for you and anybody who's listening, you know, there's, there's wood up there in them hills. So, <laughs> well, I brought my little camp saw. I yeah. have uh, I got this sponsor video that's going to come out later this month. That's by this, uh, the saw. So I had to try out my saw. I had to get me some B-roll of using the saw so I can put it in the video. Right. And uh, everything worked out. But I got to tell you, you know, I'd say the worst part is like there's four or five inches of snow on the ground. Okay? So that's how we right. saw the footprints. And um, your feet, you're walking in the snow, and it's not a big deal till you stop walking. And then... Then it what? Then your feet cool down. Your feet cool down, and what do you think happens to all the snow that's on on the outside of your shoes? Oh, that stuff melts. <laughs> yeah. Melts, yeah. So at my house, I wasn't thinking that it's a totally different world whenever we got to the gorge. Because at my house, there was like no snow. I mean, there was snow, but the roads were totally clear. The yard was, you know, you're seeing big patches of grass. So I didn't think a whole lot about it. And then whenever I got there, I was like, dude, I should have worn my my insulated boots that I took to New Hampshire for that snowshoeing trip. And yeah. totally waterproof. I could have put my snow gaiters on and had dry feet the whole time. But I'm an idiot, and you learn. Well, and that's because of the uh, – that's the reason you're here. You've got all that is because of all the shade. Yeah. Like, a lot of direct sunlight melting that, that snow, so the snow was able to stay a lot longer. Yeah, it was – it was quite a bit more snow than what we had at the house. But anyway, we camped there that night. We made the fire. Everything worked out. We hiked out in the morning. And, um, well, we planned on going to check out Cloud Splitter. That was like the one thing that Jonathan wanted to see. And then we, uh, say it again. The rope's gone. The rope was gone. We hiked, we parked the vehicles. We drove over there, parked the vehicles at the shortcut. And then we hiked up the, the hill. And it was like a half mile hike up. And then uh, what do you know? The whole side, not only is the rope gone, you could go up, you could scramble up without the rope. But there's two other problems. One, the <laughs> I guess that we were on, let's see, I guess it'd be the south side, right? Would where the sun, you'd be getting the least amount of sun. So right. it must have been a kind of the south side of that rock that you climb up, well, it's still all covered in snow and ice. So, man, 
And then the other problem was, you know, there's like a little place that you can kind of shimmy up the crack and uh, pull yourself up. But I, I still, my shoulder is still injured. Oh, man, so, that stinks. <laughs> so I, and it looked like it was all dug out around the crack. So there's no, there, there's nowhere to get my footing. So I was like, I got one arm. There's no way I'm going to be able to get up there. And even if I get up there, I can't walk around the edge. Because, you know, if you crawl up the right side, you have to walk around the edge of Cloud Splitter to get actually get on top of it. And that was all icy and snowy. And, I was and like, it's ice, and that's just dumb. Don't be dumb. Yeah, and I didn't yeah. have uh, micro spikes or anything like that. So poor Jonathan, that was the only thing he wanted to see, and we got up there, and I couldn't take him up there. So we hiked, We had to hike back down to the vehicle, and then uh, we went around. We went up Indian Staircase with our backpacks. And, dude, I weighed my backpack. I'm going to give you one guess. You guess how much my backpack weighed. Remember, I'm going back to the vehicle to refuel. So I can, you know, I don't have have to carry it on the day hike stuff. How much do you think my backpack weighed? Like full, like with all your gear in and everything? It's the uh, Hyperlite backpack, that 70-liter one that I bought. It had 70 liters in it? (laughs) I couldn't couldn't close it. I think I got a picture of it. I couldn't close it. I'm going to guess 39 pounds. Oh, bro. <laughs> 48 and a half. Holy <laughs> cow. Dude. <laughs> I don't know if you all knew this, but Jeremiah is not what we would call ultralight. <laughs> uh, gosh, dude, that's that's twice of anything I've carried in the last six months. Well, I, too, not the weight. I also didn't bring my big camp chair. I brought my little one. So... <laughs> What was all the weight? Well, now I weighed this on the first day, and I took all my food on that first night in. Because, you know, you get out there, it's not one, and you have your – I ha- kind of have my food planned out. Like, I do a little grid, and I do Friday, Saturday, Sunday across the top. In this case, it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then uh, along the side, I do, like, um, breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner, snack. Well – you get out there the first night, and you don't know what you want. So I like to take all my food because then you can just be like, well, what do I want the most? Well, the first night I had packed a steak. I had packed. <laughs> yeah, I took steak. I took mashed potatoes. I, stuck, I, I brought string cheese. I brought bacon bits, and I brought non bread, like four pieces of it, like a big pack. Oh, non bread is good stuff, man. Oh, it's great. And that was my food for the first night. And the second night, I think, I can't remember what I brought. It was real food. But I can't remember what I cooked. Anyway, I had all that food. For two nights. That was for two nights, three days. There may have been some adult beverages in there. So those cans, those weigh quite a bit. You carried 50 pounds up in the staircase. Uh, well, I'd already eaten the steak. I, I brought a one pound ribeye and I gave about half of it to Jonathan okay. and I, I'd okay. eaten all the food from the first day and about half the food from the second day. So I, wow. I don't know if it's quite 50 pounds up Indian staircase. Jonathan didn't even take his backpack off. You know, you kind of take your backpack off and hand it up on the worst part. Yeah, dude. He just hauled right up it, left his backpack on and everything. So I oh, took even him. said when he was on here that he's kind of like the supermodel of backpacking. Like he's a, uh, he's kind of the stud. He, he is, dude, and his backpack probably weighed twenty five pounds. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't know how he does it. Oh, I forgot to tell you, both nights we were dry camping. So I had I carried four liters of water each night into camp. So that four liters of water, how much weight is that? 2.2, pounds? Yeah, about nine pounds. Yeah, about nine pounds of water. So that right there made up, I think, of the bulk of the weight. Gosh, man. But long story short, we had a great time. I took him around to that campsite. You know, the there's that big campsite if you walk around the rim of Indian Staircase. But you remember where me, you, I think Jason Wish was out there, Jason. Yeah, 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 up um, above the hill path. Yeah, but there's another campsite. Remember we walked around with uh, Jason Wish over there and we were looking at Cloud Splitter? Yeah. Yeah, that's where we camped at is where that view is. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's still really wasn't. Cool. Jonathan was so mad. Well, he wasn't actually mad. You know, but he was aggravating me because we passed up one campsite on top of Indian Staircase that had a bunch of firewood, and a bunch of it was already cut. And that I was campsite like, right at the top? Are you talking about the one right above Indian Staircase? It's above the Indian Staircase, but it's to the left a little bit. Well, there's one right above Indian Staircase. Uh-huh. Like, when you climb up and you just keep going, Oh right yeah, this awesome campsite. Yeah, if you keep going that way and you hang a right, you can do the alternate, Indian yeah, Staircase I'll alternate. And there's yeah. some views, like I, uh, there are some views when you come down there in the morning. Uh huh. You know how like a lot of places are like this, but at least in the gorge, you always have that fog lifting in the morning, so it looks like the the, the valley smoky. Yeah. And man, those views coming out of that that hike has so many of those views on it. Did you go down the alternate? Yeah. Oh yeah. I've only been up it only one time. I think up it's probably better. Yeah, it's. You know what's weird is. Indian staircase after you've done it, I think I've done it like, I don't know, five to 10 times somewhere in there. I've lost count, but now it's like super, not super easy, but it's not intimidating because the first time you do it, like the first time my wife had a panic attack when we were going up it. Yeah. You know, she, it's, it's funny. J- Jason and I talked about this actually the day that we remember we all did it together. Uh-huh. And Jason, I didn't find it intimidating at all. I, the and, first time I did. And and yet that was the thing he told me. He said there's a lot of people that go up there and they just won't do it. They'll turn around. They'll literally turn around and walk the path back and go around. So I've just decided something about myself. What's that? I'm bat crap crazy. Like that's because <laughs> like stuff like that just doesn't. I mean, it never bothers me. I today I I was out at it for a, like a retreat thing with uh, people from my church this weekend. Yeah, out at out at the Natural Bridge State Park. Yeah, and staying in one of the cabins up in the woods and I took two people and we went on a hike. They'd never been to Hanson's point before uh-huh. I took him out there. No joke. One of the guys comes out of the woods, walks 10, 15 feet and goes, Whoa. And walks right back into the woods and just waits for us. What do you mean? And like the, the, he got vertigo or something. Like he walked out and because of there not being anything on either side or something, he just kind of, it messed with him. And then the other lady that was with us, we get to the end of Indian Staircase. And, Indian Staircase and, uh, or uh, Hanson's Point? Hanson's Point, Hanson's Point. We get to the end of Hanson's Point, and she's standing out there, and I told her I told her I'd get pictures for her husband. you know. So I snapped a couple pictures of her real quick. and said, you ought to stand closer to the edge. And she goes, oh, I can't do that. And, I'm, and I had to walk her over and show her that, like, there's, like, another ledge, like, less than 10 feet below that, you know, that yeah. she's going to be okay. It'll catch you if you fall. But I'll stay. I don't, 
freak out about standing on those ledges and stuff. So I'm thinking there must be something wrong inside my head. Do you think that, uh, what do you think about the fear of heights situation there? You think it's like, uh, most of the time it's something in your childhood that had to do with heights and it was kind of traumatic and now you're scared of heights? Or you think that's just a normal innate human like uh, reaction just to protect yourself as an animal from heights? Maybe, maybe. Or a combination. I don't know. My fear of heights only kicks in when I feel like I'm on something that's unsteady. Like if I'm on top of Hanson's point, I'm not worried about Hanson's point crumbling and falling, you know, or like somebody shaking it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I don't really afraid of heights when I'm there. Um, I'm more afraid of heights probably on a roller coaster than I am doing that. Cause you get those roller coasters, you get there and the whole thing's shaking and, and, uh, you, you know that almost every roller coaster at some point malfunctions. It's like, <laughs> like, I think, I think for me, practical, practical fear steps into the play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Practical. That's a good way of putting it. Practical fear. But I, I think, I think a lot of people are scared of heights for different reasons. And I'm sure, like you said, a lot of people, it's probably just for the simple fact that when they were kids, something happened. Dude. And it freaked them out. Whenever I was a kid, um, this was like elementary, middle school age. I competed mm -hmm. in Science Olympiad, which I think I told you about before. Um, and if you, if you place first in an event at the regional level, which we had it at a local college, you have like locals and then regional where your region competes. And then if yeah. you place first, you can go to state. Even if like your whole school is ineligible to go to state, you can go to state since you place first in the event in your region. And then you just compete in that event instead of like as your team or whatever. And so I got first place in, I don't remember, I think it might have been meteorology or astronomy or something. And uh, me and my partner, we it's like a team event. We got that first place, and we got to go to state to WKU. And then I remember there was a – Western Kentucky University. Western Kentucky right. University, which is also yeah. where I got my bachelor's degree from. So shout out to them. Um, I Hill climbed topper. the Hilltoppers. Go Tops. I climbed up uh, – I think it – I can't remember what building it was. I think they tore it down my second year while I was there. Anyway, uh, the point is is that – I went up to like, I don't know, maybe the fourth or seventh floor or something. And I'm from small town USA. You know, there's not really three-story buildings, four-story buildings in my hometown. And I climbed up there, and I got real close to the window, and I looked down, and I freaked out a little bit. And then ever since then, all the heights. I think I was scared of heights. I think that's what did it for me. That's interesting. Uh, maybe that's not. I don't know. Well, I do know that um, the Hilltoppers mascot – Looks like Red Grimace. <laughs> he does, dude. He's like if we go red chicken nugget with legs. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's the worst. It's maybe the worst mascot in all of sports. Oh, like, I disagree with that. Did you see TCU's mascot? It's a horned frog. You like that? I, I like it better than their, the way they play football. Bro, I don't want to kick them while they're down. But that I'm was embarrassing. Down, but that Did you know that was the, for people who are listening, we are football fans, and last night, if you're, if you're not somebody who watches football, last night, Texas Christian University played uh, Georgia University, the University of Georgia. University of Georgia. Or University of Georgia for the national championship game. It was a round. And lost 65-7. to seven. 
the worst loss in any bowl game, period, in history. <laughs> Not the worst loss in a championship game, the worst loss ever for a bowl game. Did you know they're also number five on that list? TCU number, is? Number five on, on what list? On the list of worst losses at a bowl game. Oh, they're number five and number one? Number one, but number five was in 1920, and they lost to Center College from Danville, Kentucky. Oh, my gosh. How about that? There's there's a little deep dive for you on some football knowledge. I won't, spend, no, I won't spend too long on football, but no. here's what I think. Uh, Georgia has grown me in playing for them, and those teams outside of the SEC, unless you're like a powerhouse, like Ohio State or maybe Michigan or somebody like that, you just the level of talent is so different in those other conferences. TCU, they didn't face – 320-pound grown men on the defensive line all season. Well, they, they did the week before, but I think what happened was they got themselves so hyped up that they were able to pull off the upset. Uh-huh. But they just did, they didn't have the energy to pull that off two weeks in a row. I think that I think almost 10 out of 10 times a level one school is going to be a level three school. And I would say, like, I'll wrap up my football talk with this, okay? I think – the top-tier talent like Georgia and Alabama and Tennessee earlier this year in the SEC. Tennessee was overrated. Don't count them with that. No, they weren't overrated, dude. Obviously, they were by the games they lost by the end of the season. Well, their quarterback got hurt. That doesn't mean anything. He was a leader in the Heisman race. Nah, he's not that good. Where would Georgia be without Stetson Bennett? Anyway, my point is is that the top-level talent like Georgia and Alabama – those are like le- those are tier don't, one don't, schools. Don't you keep my Buckeyes out of this? Buckeyes, they're up there. They're like borderline tier one, tier two. They could win national borderline, championship. Borderline. Borderline. Well, what happened in the game against Georgia this year? Georgia got a win. I'm pretty sure they by one. Was it one point? Yeah, Ohio State. You're all kicker, dude. He shanked that kick. That wasn't the kicker. It was the holder actually. But that's a story for another day too. Yeah, put it on the holder. Laces <laughs> out, Dan. Well, if you saw his reaction after the game, you'd realize it definitely was the holder. So I, I feel so bad for those kids, dude. Imagine being 19 years old. What kind of messages you get on social media after a botched hold? Anyway, my point is is that TCU's a Tier 3 school, okay? Yeah. They can beat a Tier 2 school like Michigan, but a, a Tier 1 school like Bama or Georgia, maybe not Bama this year, but, uh, yeah, that, it's so hard. So hard as a tier three school to beat a tier one, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, that's my football I analysis. Know if I call Michigan a tier three or tier two. They're up there. I, I think they're tier one this year. It yeah, it depends on and the I, year. I, I don't even like Michigan, and I'll say that. I think it depends on the year. Yeah, because you you're you bleed red, right? Is that what Ohio yeah, like State people say? Like a human being, yes. <laughs> oh, speaking of, dude, Kentucky aliens, you know that that. Bleed blue. I don't understand that whole thing. We so. bleed. We bleed blue, but it's a hard year for to be a Cats fan. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it's a hard. Year. But speaking of Ohio State, dude, the, there was this company that makes this jacket. It, they're called uh, Goat Something. I can't remember, but the material. I need to look. The material it kind of reminds me of the same stuff as that grid that Melanzana uses. Uh, grid fleece. Yeah. So. Yeah. They sent me a jacket. Well, first they sent me an email, and they're like, hey, do you want to do a collaboration or whatever? And I think this is a cottage company. I haven't researched them a whole lot. 
and um, American company, cottage company. And I was like, you can send it, but I don't know if it's going to appear on my channel. And they're like, okay, we'll send you one. What size do you want? And I told them, and they sent it. It showed up, and I really like the jacket, but I don't like the color scheme. Okay? Dark gray, dark gray on the chest area. Yeah. Light gray on the left sleeve. Okay. Red on the right sleeve. That is a beautiful jacket. <laughs> I'll text you a picture of it, dude. I said, this is a Ohio State, a Louisville. Free, I, I don't I know. It would have to be black if it was Louisville. Well, it's more crimson than like bright red. So I don't know if that's an Alabama jacket. Are you all, is Ohio State a, crimson? It could be EKU. EKU, there you go. Yeah, I almost went there. There you go. So you um, – I was just going to say that because it reminded me of Ohio State. But you mentioned Hanson's a few minutes ago. Yeah. So I took mom out for her birthday for a birthday lunch. And um, I was like, do you want to do something else? She's like, let's just eat. And I was like, okay. But I would really like to show her. Um, I took her a couple years ago up the Pinnacles in Berea. And mm-hmm. it's like a mile straight up mostly to one of them. And she had a pretty tough time doing that. When you first started, that first climb is just beautiful. Yeah, just straight up. But once you're up there, it's easy from that point forward. I totally agree. But I'm wondering if I could take her to Hanson's. Yes. You think that she could make that okay, even though she struggled with the pinnacles? We might have talked about this before. Way harder than Hanson's, I think. Okay. I think it's way harder. It's way way more of a steep incline. Than, than what you're going to deal with at Hanson's Point. Hanson's Point, you've got, like, on the way out to Hanson's, there's one or two little hills that aren't too bad. On the way back, you've got one that's – that could be a little rough for people who don't hike a lot. You're talking about the very end? No, there's one, like, you you end up climbing up rocks and stuff. I just climbed it yesterday. And it, it's the only one that if you're hiking with somebody who doesn't hike a lot, that might be a little challenging but not, like, terrible. Like, let's get to the top, catch, catch your breath, and keep going. They'll be fine. Okay. Well, I'm yeah. wanting to take her out to a really pretty spot, but I'm always looking. I try to look for less than a mile, and it's flat, and it has a great view or something. Uh, now see, that's where Hanson's Point is s- sneaky because it's actually two and a half miles. That's That was the other thing because I was talking to Bridget about this, and, uh, you know, bless Mom's heart, I don't know if she can walk five miles through the woods. I mean, yeah, it might be a hard. little tough. So I was talking to Bridget about it, and I was running this by her, and she was like, well, I think it's a good idea, but, uh, you know, that's like two and a half miles out there. And I was like, yeah, yeah that is a long way, and there's not really like a great view or something along the way. So it's not like you're going to stop and be like, well, this is pretty good consolation. There's nothing. Uh, yeah, it's all trees. So it's a green tunnel the whole way. Yeah, I don't know if we'll do that. Or maybe do something else. There's some stuff pretty local because I live right on the border of Dana Boone National Forest. What's the one that I mean? You see the rock from uh, from Hanson's, the one that's got the the fence around it. Chimney, um, chimney top. Yeah, chimney top. You could probably take it to chimney top. Yeah, you can almost drive out there. Um, yeah, that one's easy, and that that's got a beautiful view. Yeah. It was closed whenever I was there. I don't know if they just closed it because it's wintertime and the snow, but yeah, it was closed. There was one vehicle parked in front of the fence, and I guess they walked out there. Yeah, my guess would be uh, they had it closed because of snow, but right now it would probably be open. 
Dude, last year, me and Jason went out, and um, you know, do you know where the Rockbridge area is? Yeah. Okay, so we were, we we went out there, you turn on the road, and on the right, there's like a parking area, and you take that road all the way down to where like Rockbridge is, because we were wanting to do Swift Camp Creek area. Right, right. Okay, well, the only place we could park was the very first parking area that's literally right across the road from, I don't know if that's like a cabin or, I don't know, I think there's some campsites and stuff out there that the guy rents out. There's like a field right next to it. But that very first parking area, me and Jason had to park there. And this is one of the worst things too, dude. It's cold. You're like, well, we're not going to have to backpack in very far. So I'm going to take a heavy backpack. And then you get there and the gate is closed and you have to hike three miles on the road just to get to the place where you're going to start on the trail. And then all of a sudden your five mile hike for the day turns into 10. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Gosh. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I love? Listen, we got, we got to start wrapping this thing up, but I want to talk about who our guest is next week. Oh, yeah, dude. Because this is a big deal because he actually contacted us to get back on here, which to me, that's a huge honor. Oh, because, yeah. Yeah, because we have coming back to the show, a good friend of the show, Andrew Skirka, is going to be back on here. Monday night, he's going to be here to chat with everybody. Uh, he's going to tell us about some stuff that's coming up that he's doing. Uh, I told him I'd love to talk about his gear loadout. I would love to know what Andrew Skirka carries in his backpack when he gets out on trail, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who like to hear that too. That's a that's good thinking, dude. I should prepare some questions. I think you should, and that's going to be Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, of course, and that's going to be our first live stream of 2023. Yeah, that's the 16th, January 16th. It's going to be an awesome night. So make sure if you're listening right now, you go ahead and schedule it on your calendar. If you don't watch us on YouTube normally, this is a good time to do it. It's a lot of fun, a lot of chatting going on, a lot of really weird questions that happen throughout <laughs> the night. Um, but it is it is a great time. And like I said, it's Andrew Skirka, man. How cool. He's a right? legend, dude. He's a legend. Oh, absolute legend. So super excited to have him on. Jeremiah, as always, it's just a joy to talk to you, man. Yeah, thanks for listening to me complain for the last 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we even got to talk a little bit of football. That's not something we usually talk about on this channel, but we both are big football fans, so it's kind of fun to do. So Yeah, throw well, it in there. For myself and for Jeremiah, thank you for tuning in, and we will catch you on the next one. Yeah, adios, folks. Bye.